0: yeah check it out see the only thing you need to do right here is snarl your freaking head Boy, it's August 20th. It's my brother's birthday. Happy birthday, K-Man. And it's episode 164. This is the Fantasy Football Auctioneer podcast. The Fantasy Football Auctioneer podcast is the official podcast of the fantasyfootballauction.com You can follow us on Twitter. We are at Fantasy Auction. Hey, Slim, I actually hit that. Intro fairly decent compared to the last time I tried to hit an intro inside the cab of a pickup truck, um which I actually thought we'd get more feedback on. I was a little disappointed that even uh, the Roid Warrior didn't hit us up. Slim, how you doing tonight? Will the real Slim Sadie please stand up? I repeat, will the real Slim Sadie please stand up? We're gonna have a
1: problem here. I'm very comfy right now. It's a Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, I should say. So uh I decided to just um lay on my couch and record this pod with you. So I'm trying awesome. to keep it fairly casual.
0: A little better yeah. than blister on his bed, but uh it's alright. The visual's <laughs> the visual's not as good. And it's not not to be confused with the fantasy football coach, right? The football guys, they do the couch series.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. This okay. is just uh, an old shitty couch in my basement. So.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Uh uh just so you know, some – uh um, we need to dial in, uh, a FFA football game if that's happening at all this year. I know you got a little one. It might not, uh, pan out. I've already bought family tickets. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The brother in law is coming in August 1st. Vikings v. Detroit Lions. Um, so we're going to go pick up that game on the 1st. My wife's doing the 10 miler, uh, pregame. I'll be doing the 10 tall boyer. Pre-game yeah. and uh we'll go from there, but just, just throwing it out there.
1: Actually, I've been meaning to check out the schedule because I was thinking about that. I gotta try and convince the wife that it'll be okay to leave the new baby for yeah. a weekend. That'll be the probably the hard part, but
0: I'm see. gonna call you out live on the air too. Uh, you and you and the wife are in the couples league this year. Oh really what? Are you? Come on, I don't couples. Know.
1: I don't know. I'll run a fire for
0: a ten so Cal- <laughs> we, got, we got a, a Calgary division and a um, Fort Fantastic division. Anyways, just throw that out there too. Um, Who won first, it
1: last year? By the way,
0: uh, not I. Uh.
1: <laughs> was it a wife though?
0: Um, I don't think it was a wife. I think a wife came in second. See, here's the problem with the couples league sidebar, right? And I mean, it, we've been noticing that every we've been on different pods. The guys are coming on our pods. There's always this little banter at the front end, but sidebar, the problem with the couples league is that it's really husband's times two league. I think
1: that's what I was wondering.
0: You know, my wife drafted her team. My son helped out. He was he's 10. Then he helped out. Um And I think if we're going to do it again this year, that uh, he'll probably pick her team. And then she kind of runs her team during the, during the season. But when push came to shove, who's she going to for lineup questions? She's not like, she's not jumping on the uh, ESPN headlines and figuring out who to play. She's sure. asking me, right? So. Yeah. I know Blister was doing that. I think Char Shar may have won the whole thing, but it was really Blister who was playing.
1: Ah, uh, that's shady.
0: We're getting ready for a big home league. We do a, a, a road trip. Uh, we take about a couple hour road trip to bring our two auctioneers with us. We do a little golfing. We do a little Buffalo wild wings. Uh, yeah. Okay. Free promo there. Don't be afraid (laughs) to, uh, to give it back. And, uh, we do golf. We do Buffalo wild wings. And this year it's the uh, big fight. Hey, Slim.
1: Yeah, man. It's probably going to be a terrible fight, but, uh, it's who cares, son. Be watching it and it'll be beat being at home
0: yeah it'll be it's pretty good when i was just talking to my buddy uh who commissions the league uh up in dryden he's like well we're not such big wheels like you guys are you guys travel for your draft and i'm like it actually was almost cheaper to travel than it was to try to do it local and then i was still home by noon
1: that's right yeah, so virtually works all to be the same
0: virtually anyway so uh we're getting ready for that draft uh we've got some stuff ready for our personal use that we keep on the website so uh Slim, if you're ready and I'm ready, let's cock the hammer. It's time for action. Cock the hammer. Cock the hammer, it's time for action.
1: Cock the hammer. Cock the hammer, it's
0: time for action. Alright, so like I said, we're gonna uh we're gonna go through some stuff that we're doing to get ourselves ready for our big draft in less than a week. We're putting a lot of our own personal content right up on the website under the members area. Um, and on that note, if you want just the spreadsheets, you could also become a patron and uh, click the link there. And for a five smash, just download the um, spreadsheets if that's all you want. You're not looking for all the articles too. Um, Slim, I see you posted your projections. They're finally all um, good and yes. done. I know you guys have been
1: you? on my ass for a while. It actually wasn't terrible. Um, I actually don't mind doing the tears. It was just a matter of finding the time to sit down and crunch them off and time unfortunately has been a little bit short yeah in this house for a little bit but uh that's that is life and anyway we got her done today so I felt good to get it done um I typically try and wait a little bit closer to my draft and I know some people are already drafting and probably did this weekend and and maybe before but ours is a big one that uh that I like to really really prepare for isn't till next weekend so I wasn't in necessarily a huge rush because I hate I hate doing them and then having to go through and yeah. tweaking, 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 tweaking. I can't stand that cast so. down that. I
0: agree. Hey, so Slim, we, we tell the listeners all the time that uh they have to make their own tiers. I mean, yeah, okay, so all three mm-hmm. of us have our tiers up there, but uh it's just vital to have your own tiers. So what's the process for you when you're making your tiers? What what are you looking at?
1: Uh I guess the first thing is, uh, league scoring is there your settings. And this is why I'm a firm believer in one. I did, I don't really like using cheat sheets because, um, it's pretty hard to make them, you know, uh, conform to whatever league you're drafting to. Uh, yeah, you can get, you know, what standard PPR, but, uh, you know, if you got to start four wide receivers, for example, or something like that, those little wrinkles can change the the values or where you might rank players. So, right. um, it's just why, again, make your own. Um, but, uh, yeah, league scoring for me is the biggest thing. Uh, roster configuration, stuff like that. Uh, those allow me to tweak a little bit. Um, but yeah, I want to, I want to tailor this to the exact specifications of the league that I'm playing in.
0: Absolutely. So you bring these, this is essentially then your cheat sheet when you walk into the draft?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I go, well, I'll tell you things I bring into a draft. I bring obviously my tiers. Um, I bring my budgets and I still like to have a print off of some type of kind of. I don't know, a top 300 or something, just a list of all the players that I can randomly cross off right. um, as they're drafted as a hard copy. You don't want to be I that still, guy? Well, I try not to be. I, <laughs> I will say it's, it's happened a couple times over the years, but uh, I don't like being that guy. That's for sure.
0: Already um, gone. Already gone.
1: I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, that happens every freaking <laughs> yeah, every happens. time. There's probably three people, three times that happens.
0: First round, uh Julio Jones, he's already gone. He's already gone. Anyways, sorry. A little yeah. loud, I was starting to sound like uh um the podfather there. He's always yelling in his uh stupid mic sorry, buddy. Uh
1: yeah, but that's about it really. And now with the use of technology, like I just kinda of bring my laptop. Um, I can pull my spreadsheets up on there. If you need to run a quick little Google on, I don't know, injury or something or um things like that. But I try and do as much digitally as I can. In fact, you really don't even necessarily probably need to cross people off a list. I still like to do it manually. Yeah. I might black out some cells as they're drafted on a spreadsheet somewhere too. But, um you know, that's pretty much it. Well, and I I will say this, I, I still like to have a scrap piece of paper, And obviously something to write with just for doodling out little math for budgets and stuff. If I have to start tweaking things, I, I find it much easier for me to just scribble something out really quick on paper, than start adjusting things in a spreadsheet. I kind of wait till the breaks in our draft to start changing things, you know, big time on a spreadsheet.
0: Well, and for me, when I walk into the draft, I, I mean, I'm the guy, the tech guy who does the website and the podcast and all that. But when I, walk into the draft i just like to trust my sheets, so i've got my cheat sheet the same one that's on the site and when i update mine it's just going to automatically update on the site um but i bring in that sheet it's got uh i call it my cheat sheet but it really is just in tiers but i also list the um average auction values from the website as well just so i have kind of a ballpark idea of um you know, whether, how things are going. But at the same time, I'm, like you, I'm bringing in, uh, you know, six different pens and highlighters. I always bring a highlighter and never use it, by the way. But uh, I always bring highlighters because I feel like I'm supposed to and then I never use them. And then they end up being left behind at the draft. But, um, I'm always writing down the dollar values within those tiers as well so I can kind of, cross-reference that to AAV and also looking at the horseshoe. So I bring in, I, I print those two. They're just two pieces of paper. I print them and I staple them inside a file folder. Cause it's a little bit, uh, uh a little bit more firm than having a piece of paper. And then yep. inside that file folder, I put a couple blank pieces of paper too, just like you um, said, Slim. <laughs> this for chicken scratch on the side and that type of thing. I cross off the names as we go right on my cheat sheet. So I don't have the extra, but, uh, um, You know, really, I just bring in my tears. I bring in my beers, and uh, hopefully I don't shed too many tears to kind of make that a nice, pretty rhyme there. But, uh, you know, uh, because the guys I know you were going through on the uh, um, Eat Sleep Fantasy pod, nice job, by the way, um, and going through their teams at the end, I I love you said it's probably the favorite part of your draft is going through and doing that, and that's the tears part for me because I just – I don't know about you, but I never leave a draft that pumped about what my team looks like.
1: Yeah, I'm the same. You always think there's room for improvement or someone else's is better. You think, I always think about the guys that I missed out on that, yeah. that I kind of wanted that, I mean, whatever you kind of chickened out at some point and stopped and you could have gone for a couple bucks more or something, but yeah.
0: When I was on the 24 seven pod, they were asking for some advice for the, um, rookie auction drafters and I was trying to get that point across that you know be prepared to walk out of the draft and not be so comfortable with what your team looks like because it it's it, it's pretty common I think even when we sit around with our 12 guys no one's like oh man I love my team they're just because you're just like you're saying you're always ah I should have spent a couple bucks more and I yeah. could have got Shady McCoy instead of Devontae Freeman or whatever it is right like yeah um all the time so So, uh, that was, um, one of the things I wanted to get across, especially for the rookie, because it it takes a lot of extra work and it takes a little extra time once you're in the draft. And then it just never, it doesn't feel initially like it pays off afterwards, but, uh, yeah. It laid in the draft too. I was just, again, talking to my buddy who commissions that other league, um, the last year's champ who is an avid listener, a member of the website for the last couple of years, um, Shout out to Newsy. Uh, I don't think his strategy went so well this year. So um, little asterisks beside this was not our strategy. But he, uh, from what I've heard, sat back slim, mm-hmm. uh, let everyone spend their cash, mm-hmm. got uh, a couple of mediocre guys, and uh, left a 40 smash on the table. Thoughts?
1: Well, obviously never ideal. No, no, no,
0: not forty uh, what's that? not forty bucks like who leaves forty bucks on the table? I mean, I always leave some money on the table I got ten ten bucks left over, and I'm always mad about that, but forty how they?
1: yeah no that's uh yeah, I mean that's a lot of a lot of cake left that can do some good things, but um you know and it but it goes to show you if you get a couple of the right pieces. And then you know you're active on waivers, you can still overcome
0: yeah things sure. like that
1: right so um yeah, but i I mean, I like the strategy of just kind of sitting there and letting the value start r- washing over you like a like a waterfall or whatever, and just let it rain down on you but <laughs> and then you just pounce, but um I have a feeling in that league there's some probably uh a little bit of piranha action early where it's just a feeding frenzy on the first couple rounds. Everybody just go. wants these, oh, can't get enough David Johnsons and Antonio Browns and Julio Joneses. And they that.
0: love their quarterbacks in that league too. They love uh-huh. them. And I don't even think I've it's preferred. any sort of funny scoring system. I think they just love them. So it's just how it goes.
1: Yeah, they put up 400 points. I mean, what's not to love, right? Oh, wait, they all do that though. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So, on that note, Slim, let's take a look at quickly at your uh, quarterback tiers. Um, so, right now you, you have uh, um, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, a tier of their own, um, followed behind by uh, um, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson. So, I I mean, I think for me, uh, if I click on mine, I kind of have those four all kind of in the same tier. And I think yep. that's just in my drafting tier, like either I'm going for a big-name quarterback or I'm not, so I kind of lump them that way. What what's, what's the separation there? What do you see different?
1: Um, I think just, just total fantasy points. I mean, um, I'm not knocking Breeze or Wilson. Uh, I just think that Rodgers and Brady are just going to have uh, quite a bit more opportunities to to score uh, this year. I mean, Rodgers always does it with his feet and things like that. now Brady with, you know, Brandon Cook's going there and things like that. Um, I think that that offense could be pretty prolific and not taking away anything from the Saints offense. They should be prolific sure. too. But um, I just don't see Breeze necessarily being in that same category as, as those two. And even price wise in an auction, you typically don't see Breeze going in the same price point as, as those other two guys. And I, for me, Russell Wilson slides in there Um I know some people maybe don't have him quite that high. Um, I was probably higher on Wilson than most last year and it maybe bit me a little bit. I expected a little bit better things from that offense in general and, yeah. uh, namely from him. He didn't produce quite like I thought he would. Um, but I still expect big things from that offense. I still think Russell Wilson's a supremely talented passer. I love some of the weapons that they got there. Um, so, again, I'm expecting big things from from Russell this year.
0: Paul Richardson, let's heal up that AEC joint.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, Richardson, uh, obviously Doug Baldwin. Uh, I like Jimmy Graham. Um, I think CJ Proseis can definitely help the passing game if he stays healthy. Uh, he was pr- super prolific in the small sample size we saw last year. Um, you know, yeah, and... I I like Paul Richardson. Uh, Tyler Lockett, I think, has still got some talent and he can contribute. So um, there's definitely weapons there uh, if they can protect Russell Wilson. Plus, he can do it with his feet too, so.
0: Right. And he's just becoming a better, better passer just seems every year, right? Uh,
1: He's accurate and, you know, he just doesn't throw like... He gives his receivers a chance just about all the time. So... Um in that way he, he reminds me kind of when I watch Drew Brees play. Like he the ball's on his guys, uh they got chances to make plays. Um yeah, that's to me what jumps out about him.
0: So then we zoom, as we move down your quarterback tiers, Slim. Um these next two your tier two uh three and four are kind of a sweet spot for i think a lot of drafts here and the one big difference is i move andy dalton and uh, matt stafford into that third tier so in that third tier you have matt ryan Mariota, winston kirk cousins cam newton philip rivers and then like i say in my tier i add dalton and stafford into there so my cutoff is that big ben um but i think that these are two real sweet spots here i think you're going to find value in your auction somewhere in here if you stay patient right
1: yeah, it seems like in this third tier that I have, um, there's always a couple guys that go for very cheap. Uh, I've got Cam Newton for four bucks in a few drafts, which I like. Kirk Cousins typically goes cheap. Uh, Philip Rivers goes cheap. Um, yeah, I mean this is this is the point where guys really get jumbled up and. Th- you know, there's not really a huge difference here, even with the fourth tier. There's, like, we're talking probably 40 fantasy points that separate yeah. a dozen guys, Um, which is, why you like, that's minuscule. That's why you exactly. wait on it, right? It's why you don't pay up, right? Yeah. That's exactly it. Um, get two of these guys and then just pick your matchup. So, um yeah, this is kind of like you said if if you're going to go cheap at quarterback which you know that that's what we advocate then this is the tiers you're probably just going to sit and wait and start picking guys at value out of here.
0: So I got a question for you. We seem to be against the norm here and especially against the NFL and the Raiders. Um we both have uh, Derek Carr as, you know, maybe not the the big value. You have him in your fourth tier. I have him in my fourth tier. Yeah. Now here's my question, Slim. He's a big name. He's the guy that if the you go into your draft and there's someone rolling with a magazine, he's going to be a target player. He's going to be a target uh quarterback for a lot of guys who I think probably have him inside their top 10, let's say. Um mm-hmm. what do you what do you do with them? What's the strategy as far as nomination goes?
1: Um well, it depends on your league, I guess. I mean, for our league, uh I typically don't like nominating quarterbacks because they're devalued in, in the leagues that I play in, mostly. So it's not necessarily going to flush out any type of big money. I don't think Derek Carr would flush out big money anyway. Yeah. I really feel like there's only four guys that are going to be really ask, demanding in in uh, and also in leagues with uh, pretty savvy owners. I'll say uh, double digit. Mo- Dollar figures. And those are the top four that we talked about. After that, even, you know, Matt Ryan, Mariota, those guys go for single digit dollar amounts. Um, so even if a guy likes Carr, he's probably not spending more than, than nine dollars on him. So for me, I'm not going to nominate him early, even though I might be down on him more than like you're saying a lot of the people. And it's, and it's not even that I think Carr is a terrible quarterback. I mean, one, he, um, they they have a tough division. I mean, you play Denver twice, you play San Diego's defense, or secondary anyway, is is fairly decent. Um and then the Chiefs, so another solid defense. So they play those teams six times. Um I can't remember off the top of my head the other schedule, but they just have a tough fantasy schedule. Um I you know, I think the Raiders will win plenty of games. I just don't necessarily think they're going to be he's going to be putting up 400-yard passing games in the process of doing that. So I think they'll try and hopefully their defense improves and they can rely on the defense a little bit and the running game. So, um yeah, I think Carr kind of decent, uh, like, you know, good quarterback, good up-and-coming quarterback in terms of real football. Maybe not this year so much as a in a redraft setting, a guy that uh, you want to get super pumped about this year.
0: I love it. Good strategies there. Uh, that's good. Good input because like I say, that's going to be one of those guys walking into a draft that guys are targeting. And so how do you work them in your draft? That's wow. good stuff.
1: And this is the thing I kind of do with quarterback. I, in these tiers, and I guess you should do this in any tier. It doesn't matter what position either, but, um, you know, I typically go cheap. So I want to know who are, like, the dollar guys that I feel comfortable with, or at least where's the cutoff. And for me, my cutoff is kind of the end of Tier 4 for me. So I started getting into Carr, Prescott, and Palmer. Those are the bottom guys in my Tier 4. Tier 5 is Eli Manning, Wentz, Bradford. I don't got anything against those guys. I just don't feel real comfortable if that's kind of like my starting quarterback is Eli Manning every week. So for me, this kind of Tier 4 is where I want to – you know, start if making my last stand, if things start drying up, like maybe I make a play on Dalton or Big Ben or Carson Palmer or something like that. So, um, again, I think you you definitely want to do that um, for any position. I think you need to have very cheap options that you feel comfortable with kind of on standby that, you know, you can kind of pivot to if you need to. But um, definitely in every tier, know who you want and
0: who you don't want. For sure. And I think that's a good point too, where you could pivot to, um, as I was working through my stuff, uh, at the lake, it was, um, like what position am I, do I feel comfortable, uh, cutting a couple of bucks out to fill in somewhere else? And n- quarterback's one of those positions. So let's say sure. you budgeted, you know, five bucks or seven bucks if we're those late round guys. You, you're right. So, uh, where am I going to find this money? I know, uh, that's, let's dump five bucks out of my quarterback budget and go for a $1 flyer and sit, right. on, sit on an Alex Smith. Who's going to be okay every week at least.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it is one of the easiest positions. It's very easy to always be able to take whatever you had budgeted at quarterback and dump it to to one yeah. and then use whatever, you know, whatever you took or needed it somewhere else. And, like I said, it's good to have those $1 guys. Who do you feel comfortable with at a buck? Uh, yeah. And Hopefully you got more than one because you don't want to just leave yourself with one guy and then get in a bidding war for that one guy and then have a sh- shower cry after because you ended up with uh Jay Cutler as your only starting quarterback. But
0: All right. Let's get, um, uh, as you said, on the uh, Eat Sleep Fantasy um Let's get your sweats, tighten them up, tightening up a little bit here, Sam. Let's, uh, I did. I love the line; it made me laugh. And he's good. Crack another beer. Um yeah, sir. So let's get into RBs. Let's look at that next. Um, this is a hot ticket item oh, for this year's draft. The Everybody, everybody's talked You know, the comeback of the running back, and we got Zeke. And what do you do with Zeke? But I'm just looking at your tiers. similar yep. to me. You got uh, David Johnson, left uh tier one. I I think clear cut. Um, was, now that Zeke would have been in there, but he's out. Um, tier two, Melvin Gordon, uh, Shady, Ajay, um, Freeman and DeMarco. I'm right with you there too. My cutoff is a Jordan Howard for the third tier. Him, Crowell, uh, Ty Montgomery, who everybody's high on and, uh, Leonard Fournette, Todd Gurley. So I, I like that. And if you're gunning for these guys, like, are you price pointing or price checking these guys, uh, real early? I don't, I, I mean, You're going to have to anyways. I mean, but let's say you're targeting in that uh, tier two, tier three, and you're not willing to spend the big bucks. Um, how are, what are you, what are you doing in your draft slim with that first tier nomination wise? Like these, this is always the thing. Like you you just don't go next down the list, right? There's got to be a strategy, especially early in the draft with what your, what your nominations are. So are you targeting those guys really?
1: Um, I'm, yeah, I mean, you're probably gonna have to target them early because whether you nominate them, someone else is going to. I mean, it. You can try and throw out the tier guys, but not everybody in the draft is probably gonna have that same mindset. Um, so you got to be ready. Um, but yeah, again, I think it's you know the price points. If look in your tiers, and first of all, you should be familiar with how much everybody costs, but I mean, if you're in a tier and there you see somebody who's going for, uh, uh quite a bit cheaper than everybody else, then that's probably a guy you're going to look to target. So, um, and again, it's kind of about that horseshoe, you know, for example, yeah. say my tier two, I've got Gordon McCoy, Jay, Freeman and Murray. These are all guys that I project to score 250 fantasy points and above. um, you know, if I want to try and uh, use that horseshoe that we talk about, that auction horseshoe, to my advantage. So, uh, you know, maybe Devontae Freeman gets nominated early. Uh, you know, maybe then I start thinking about, okay, uh, you know, David Johnson, Levy, and Bell are gone. Devontae Freeman's now gone. I, I should be thinking about, okay, if there's someone in this tier I want and it's coming up to my nomination, I should be uh, keeping my 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 ears perked up here is somebody here coming getting nominated and if they are i should be fairly active here in trying to start thinking about grabbing somebody to value um it could be gordon it could be murray it could be anybody but typically the middle kind of guys that are nominated in that tier from experience are going to offer you the best value so when i hear that then Okay, I'm ready to go. And maybe I, you know, one guy from that tier is nominated. For example, uh, I'm finding LaShawn McCoy. I have him as my RB4 right now. Um, mm-hmm. I've toyed, I, I tweaked my rankings today. I left him where he was, but I, I, he's a guy I've been looking at and been thinking about. I don't know if he is worthy to necessarily stay in this spot with okay. what is happening in Buffalo. So maybe he's a guy though, you know, uh, Devontae Freeman was nominated. I come up next. You know what? I'm throwing out with Sean McCoy now too, because people are thinking about running back. They're kind of already in that that range of their rankings. Uh, here, let's put out a guy that I'm maybe not, I'm a little skeptical on at the moment. Um, let somebody else buy him. And then, okay, next guy up from that tier. Now I'm going to go. A little bit all in here and just see yeah. what, if there's a value or not, um, and really monitor that. So yeah, again, it's just knowing who you like in a tier and who you don't like and, and trying to t- get the timing right to create the value.
0: Absolutely. I am looking here too, Slim, and a guy that stands out to me as someone I think I want to send out fairly early in the running back classes, um, Leonard Fournette. I think he's a nice, uh, price checker. I think you can sauce yep. him out fairly early and get a pretty good indication as to how much guys are spending at running back and how much those guys that are above him in the tiers. I think you can still gauge pretty pretty well like are are your numbers fairly accurate right now or or do you have to skew it' Cause, um I mean it's not necessarily a guy that I want to target for me, but I think he's a good price checker. Thoughts on that
1: no, I agree. I think you definitely there's nothing wrong with kind of uh, sacrificing a player just to be kind of a barometer of what's going on. And, uh, I agree. I think, you know, a guy like Fournette, it's definitely going to tell you, I think, um, what guys, cause I have him kind of near the bottom of my third tier. Uh, he's my RB 11 at the moment. So, um, I think it's definitely going to tell you then, the guys that are going kind of below him, the guy, the Joe Mixon's, the Delvin cooks, the Spencer wears, uh, Carlos hides. It's going to tell you what price to expect on those guys. Uh, I don't know how much it tells you obviously about, you know, David Johnson, Levy and bell, um, and maybe even Melvin Gordon and stuff to some extent, but, um, but I think it does, it'll tell you a lot about a guy like Isaiah Crowell or Jordan Howard, uh, mm-hmm. and maybe even DeMarco Murray as well. And, So that can be a good thing. Like, I, again, it's just about information. Um, you know, if you see Leonard Fournette go for 50 bucks, you probably know, depending what your budgets are like, that if you want to buy anybody and say tier two, uh,
0: you you might have to, you Mm -hmm. might have
1: to tweak your, your strategy a little bit or your budget a little bit or allocate some funds because there's a good chance that they're going to go for a little bit more than, than what you were expecting. Um, right. But again, you know your draft. Maybe someone really loves Fournette. Maybe someone always drafts the big rookies, uh, whatever that might be. So there's little things like that that could happen too.
0: So one thing that I keep going back to, I have like my four kind of basic uh, budget breakdowns here, you know, RB heavy, yeah. a wide receiver heavy, um, uh, QB heavy, and kind of a balance and just kind of have my a couple of positions there that I can flex on if I need to. But yep. um I keep going back to this wide receiver heavy. Um, again, it goes back to that idea of zig when people are zagging. And also, um, I think a few guys in every league won't realize that last year running back was an outlier. And just kind agree. of using yep. that to your advantage. So uh, I'm looking – this budget here could have, you know, let's say a couple of $10 RBs as my starters. Um, And I don't necessarily hate that either. Like, um, and starting with a – Tevin Coleman and uh, Frank Gore, I mean, you don't love it, but if that means you're going to come out with T.Y. Hilton and A.J. Green.
1: Yeah. I think,
0: but I it think all... you make.
1: Yeah, go ahead.
0: No, I just think you're going to you make up more than uh, your difference in points there. Uh, I just keep going back. I've been listening to quite a few podcasts and reading a bunch of stuff, and you keep going back about how – rbs last year were healthy and they're just never healthy especially the top guys and yeah. i just think about putting all my apples into that one basket of melvin gordon and he gets hurt and now i'm scrambling at wide, at wide receiver i know that there's a lot of depth at wide receiver but i just think that you know the top six or seven guys at wide receiver are just in a kind of a league of their own and yeah. uh I just keep falling back that way. And last weekend, when I was making my tears, no, I'm going RB heavy. And then, as I looked at it a little bit more this weekend, I'm like, "Geez, you know, I'm heavy." Yeah. And I mean, I don't know what, what thoughts in there. Um, well, no,
1: I think oh, you're you're bang on. It's going to be the the question that every drafter is probably going to have to debate, and it's going to be tempting to because you look at the wide receivers, and I think if you do your homework. You probably most of us look at receivers and you can go down pretty deep to guys that are, you know, five to ten dollars and say, There's a few guys there I, I, I like that yeah. I think can vastly outproduce their price point. Um, so when you see that, your inclination as Well, I might as well go fairly cheap at wide receiver. I'll maybe get one, you know, stable, uh, elite guy we'll say and then that means that i have funds to allocate elsewhere which is probably going to gravitate towards your running back position um for the most part so but the thing you like it's a good point you brought up maybe you do go cheap at running back um you're you're known you're zigging when everyone's zagging Um, yeah yeah, i mean i definitely think again i talked about it before i was listening to chris raybon a guy who i really love as a dfs guy who you know is, you know, very, uh, he's into the contrarian type of plays. And he says you know, he firmly believes that you, you need to do different dr- drastic things to get unorthodox results was more yeah. or less what he said. Like you can't expect to do the norm and then deviate from the norm, AKA win a fantasy championship or cash at a big tournament and a DFS tournament or something. You, you got to do something different to differentiates yourself. Um, so, yeah, you bring up a good point. I think a lot of people are going to, from what I've seen, they want running backs. They're paying to get them. Um, that I think that'll be very successful for a lot of fantasy teams. Uh, don't get me wrong. I also think that if you went cheap, you could probably do well, too, because, like you said, maybe you spent $20 on your starting two running backs. What you also are probably going to do, too, like you mentioned, I think, Tevin Coleman and Frank Gore. You're right. If you had those two guys as starters, you probably wouldn't feel very good about that. Right. But you're not thinking about what you're gonna probably do with your bench. Um, I was, I was just adding, gonna, adding
0: up stuff as you were saying that for thirty. You, know, you can do pretty good with your bench. Yeah, too.
1: you're gonna probably you might put another ten dollar running back on your bench, and then yeah. maybe a five dollar guy, and maybe a couple two dollar guys that you think have a lot of upside. Um, so then, when you start looking at at you know step back and look at that collectively, yeah you you just got to pick two guys from this this mass of of bodies yeah. and you know this is one thing that confuses me too I see people that draft RB heavy you know they end up with Melvin Gordon and JGI for example as the running backs and then they still have four or five running backs on their bench and I think
0: what are you starting with? I mean
1: well I just think if you're gonna load up I mean those guys are starting for you all the time
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, I get that it's a volatile position uh, if you're fearful of the injuries, then maybe you shouldn't be drafting them to begin with. You should be going cheap. Um, so why not load up on receivers? Because you're probably going to have to have made some compromises in, in your wide receiver core. Um, so again, if you go RB cheap, then you're probably going to have yeah. some elite wide receivers. You don't need six wide receivers. Say you start three even. Maybe you flex one. It's a PPR league. Um If you've got four top 24 guys you don't really need much more than that. Take a couple flyers on some late guys. Um, and then you're building a bench essentially of streaming running backs, uh, things like that. So again, you got to, it's roster mm-hmm. construction is big. It's knowing how many guys to keep and um, at various positions. And I think, you know, you, you need to spend some time when you're building your budgets, thinking about, okay, if I go this route, what does my bench look like? It's not enough yeah. just to say, okay, I've got $15 for my bench. Well, yeah, I like I said I'm an advocator of who is at each spot. When I leave, I want to know. Give me a 15 team or 15 player roster in my mind that I can say, "All right, is this good or isn't it good? Where what could I change?" So um, definitely think about roster construction on your bench.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a great point. Um, That not not it's not said enough times that if you're gonna go heavy at wide receiver, you don't need to stack your bench at wide receiver because well, you're not sitting A.J. Green. You're not sitting um, Julio Jones. Yep. Like, they're, you know, Willie Sneed as your flex, and then you're laughing. Yeah.
1: And it's tempting um, to do. I get it because uh, yeah. wide receiver, later receivers are probably going to be values. There's there's lots of them. So it's tempting to, oh, if a guy's only going for, you know, three bucks, and you know, he should be going for eight. It's tempting to to not buy, but then, what are you doing to yourself? If later down the road, are you going to have to cut this guy anyway for bye weeks, or if, if injuries happen to to fill, you know, grab a running back or something like that? So, you're just essentially, even though it's three bucks, you're you're wasting it. You might as well put that with something else then and try and actually build a functionable roster, not just. Um, uh, a budget one. And I don't want to use budget as a derogatory term, no, but no. it might, it might look good and be like, well, I got this guy for under budget, this guy for under budget, this guy for, under-. that's great. But if you can't, if you, they're not usable for you or f- functional for you, then it doesn't matter anyway.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, and then I like to, when you go through and you're constructing that roster and I'm constructing the budget is actually put dudes in there. And I think it's one of the things that you can do versus uh, having to mock is, take the guys from that tier you're willing to spend that kind of money and i like to take you know maybe the not the guy i don't want to touch in that tier but the next guy up and throw, yeah. make my team full of those guys and i'm like okay so am i okay here with uh melvin gordon and crowell as my running backs if i'm going to go rb heavy um and then spend 20 bucks on each receiver i'm just giving a hypothetical one that's on my sheet here that when i was brainstorming Am I okay going uh in on um, Jarvis Landry and Crabtree as my receivers? Um, or what does that look like if I save a couple bucks and instead of twenty on each I go twenty-five and then maybe I can get a Sammy Watkins and a Trell Pryor? Oh, and actually putting names in there, yes. not necessarily names that I love, because I want to know what my team will look like with this roster or with this budget configuration rather than just uh well, I'm going to spend this to $60 on my RB1. Well, what does it actually look like on paper? And then I feel a little bit better when I get in traffic like, yeah, that's kind of what I thought it would look like. And it makes me feel a little bit more comfortable as I'm drafting.
1: Yeah, for sure. I love having a name associated with the position. I mean, it I, for me, it'll immediately tell me if my budget is something I need to change or because if – you've done your homework and you kind of look at these sets of names that go at this price and you think, man, I don't like any of those guys. Then you have to say, all right, I need to tweak that. I need to add money to this spot or take some away and drop somewhere else where you don't care if they're not as sexy a name because, you know, they were dirt cheap, but something has to change. And um, you want to do it before you get to your draft.
0: I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about how you're sitting with right. those tight ends in this change in format. Um, in our big league and how does that, like, I don't know, there's some things I I was looking, Slim, at, like, our new, our, our big home league, you've done some good things where you're changing the, uh, roster setup and the scoring systems, but I keep going back to some of these, um, onesie type positions, like a tight end, let's say, and it doesn't really change the way I value them. Uh, tight end at 1.0, uh, I don't rank them any different. I, I, I don't think I'm going to budget them any different. What do you think?
1: Um, yeah, I honestly, when I created my budgets for this league, um, I didn't change really anything that I do, uh, based on the scoring changes, to be honest. Um, I, I shouldn't say that. I did a quarterback because it is a super flex to me. That's a drastic change yeah. to, to, change the prices of players um again i think in this league that we're doing it's brought more balance hopefully to the rushing kind of workhorse running back um or the guys that can kind of do it all that don't come off the field because i was talking about it with my brother-in-law who was in this pool uh last night at a family function and um For years, I've tried to make hay by just accumulating these passers catching running backs. Um, they're often values in, in auction drafts. They're often forgotten about a little bit just because, uh, you know, they're not flashy names, but, Hey, if they catch four passes a game, that's just catching that ball. It doesn't matter what they do after it. They could lose yardage. They're still getting me four points. The same yeah. as some uh, between the tackles, Grinder, who has to carry the ball ten times or touch the ball 10 times and average four yards a carry to do that on the ground. So to me, it's just easier for those guys to, uh, yeah, those pass catching guys don't get the ball as much, but, um, so this was a way to hopefully devalue some of that PPR stuff a little bit. Um, even with the receivers, it, it's bumped the receivers down a lot. I mean, quarterbacks and running backs are kind of the top dogs and then it'll balance out a little bit later. But, yeah. um, but I think people are going to just, they're going to want to crush running back. Um, that doesn't change anything for me because I, again, I'm, I don't like to overpay. If somebody's going for too much, then I just won't buy them and doesn't matter what the format. It uh, doesn't matter what the scoring setting, anything like that. So I didn't want to overreact to any of the prices or anything. Uh, I'm just going to kind of plug away like I always do. I know prices that I think will go, f- you know, for certain individuals. If it starts to exceed that, I will bow out. And if it's less than that, I'll probably be active and trying to acquire them. So, yeah, I, I think you don't ever want to overreact. That's kind of a maybe the moral of that story.
0: We can bring Blister on to the pod this week so that we can just do our last-minute prep for the big weekend. I think that this weekend coming up is probably the going to be the busiest draft weekend.
1: Yeah, I think this weekend was probably for some. Um, but I think you're right. I would say a, a large percentage of drafts is going to be taking place this week. This weekend. And we'll still have a few even after next weekend coming up. So because uh, we still got a little bit of time for the season to start. So people like to squish yeah. it in there right as close as they can, you know, get as much right, info right. as they can. So it's good.
0: So uh Slim, another Monday night mock this week?
1: Uh you know what? I no. Not gonna happen. No? Not no
0: happen. All right. No. Well I did see this... I did see the little guy on, on Twitter Today, that um, if he's looking to mock, you could set it up the same way. Jump sure. in, make your own league on Yahoo or ESPN. Tweet Slim at Fantasy Auction. He'll yep. retweet it. Chances are you're going to get 12 guys that are going to be in there and do an actual live, uh, uh, live mock. One of the things that when I was talking on the 24/7, they were wondering where we get our values from, and I said it just from mocking, 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 and it's like for real stuff. And I think that if you're in drafting, a lot doing your draft in ESPN or Yahoo, and those those numbers come up for, oh, he should be worth forty seven dollars. Those are skewed numbers, Slim. I think because it's those fake mocks that are generating a lot of those numbers. Where I spent eighty four dollars on David Johnson, then I screwed off and I didn't draft anymore, That's and right. then the robots finished it right. And you're so right. I think those numbers are skewed. True.
1: I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. I think one of the big strategies that a lot of people do is I'm going to spend uh, 90% of my budget or everything else up to a minimum bid on three guys. And then either I'll sit there and I'll scrape at the bottom of the barrel or I'll probably just leave, which to me is it's, – it's frustrating when you draft with people like that because, one, I don't get what it tells you. Yeah. Tells you, oh, if I want to spend uh 90% of my budget, I can get David Johnson and Antonio Brown on the same team. Yeah, yeah, no shit. Um, but <laughs> um because yeah, to me the you learn the most about drafting after those first couple tiers. That's when you start seeing these trends of who's consistently of value. Uh who do I end up with as my wide receiver three or my flexes that I like or don't like if I go like this or like that? It, there's just a lot to be learned. And anyway, you're right. I think those values get skewed by some of the meatheads that just go in there and do dumb stuff. They're the same guys that if you're kicking their ass online on Madden or something that would unplug their console <laughs> and stuff like that. Right. So um, whatever it is, what it is. But yes, again, the, I was asked on uh, the eat sleep, fantasy pod as well where did these values come from and i mean we try and get them from real life data with human beings doing drafts and mocking and things like that um i i'm pretty proud of them i think they are fairly accurate um from what i've seen in the past so i know i have a little sense of pride and feeling that they they are fairly representative of what's going on out there in auction drafts at a given time. So, you know, that's kind of what we do. We try well, and I, give you guys the accurate picture of what's going on.
0: I think it's awesome too if you have those values in front of you. Again, you can go to the website, spend 14.95 get the full subscription, 5 bucks get on Patreon and uh um Patreon and uh, download the um just the spreadsheets, but the fact that you have those live numbers in front of you and then espn is telling you that he should be 27 but you know where the values are because you have them on your sheet i think that's a real advantage when you go into your online drafts because every guy who doesn't know any better thinks that that's all oh i got a deal on that guy i got a deal on that guy but you're going to be the one who's going to know where the deals are and i think you definitely use that to your advantage
1: well that's a good point if you're drafting on a on a platform like that And again, know your league. Are you drafting with a bunch of and kind of newbie-type guys that maybe don't know, they're going to use those values as kind of gospel, then I would almost scrap a budget that has any big-name player. And I don't mean big-name, but like top tier-one type player. Because you're probably not going to want to pay up for what everyone else is, or at least others in that league are going to want to pay up for that guy. And you should be going in gunning and saying, all right, I am going to eat on some of these tier three and tier four guys and just build a very consistent, not maybe flashy. I'm not going to have Julio Jones as a starting wide receiver, but you know what? I might have, uh, you know, three guys in wide receiver, 12 to wide receiver, 17 range. And I'll just have a very deep, consistent starting lineup. um, and, you'll pro- and then, you know, you pound away at your bench, you'll come out with a very, very good team. So um, that's something to think about too.
0: Absolutely. So if you want to mock, uh, tweet at Fantasy Auction, get the guys together. I would strongly recommend that you um, just start a fake league on one of these platforms, and then uh, you can set it up that way so that everyone knows what time, where it is, all those things. I mean, don't play out the league or whatever you want to do with it. But let Slim know, and he can – tweet at all of the uh, followers that we have to follow the auction draft style and uh, hopefully we can fill you up without any bots um, if you're drafting during the week good luck to you if you have any questions make sure you hit us up Twitter is really the easiest way to get a hold of us at fantasy auction I know a lot of guys are tweeting at me too and that's uh Uncle Buckets, and I always tag at Fantasy Auction my answers so that Slim and Blister can both uh, get at it and send out answers too. I think our response time Slim is uh, pretty good.
1: Yeah, I think for the most part, you know, um, I try and be on there. My wife would say that I'm on there way too much, (laughs) much, but um, you know, I like to just uh, peruse through there and uh you might catch me at a bad time if I'm out, you know, doing some errands with the with the kids or something like that. But um I'll definitely do my best. And I know you guys are the same to get back to you ASAP or send out a retweet or something like that that's gonna help you out.
0: For sure. And um I was just gonna say something else there too, wouldn't you I don't even remember what it was. But anyways, we'll try to hit something else up again this week. Slim with blister on uh the pod uh him and i are both uh, getting to work this week the life of the administrator summer is over you got one more week to go so uh um keep us in your hearts this week while you're at home slim
1: yeah man i'm trying to get done these last few projects here before we take off for our draft and it's just gonna be uh it's gonna go by quick i'll put it that way
0: yeah, absolutely well i did uh have a nice late night sauna up at the lake. I have all my pieces of paper ready to roll. Um, get those out onto my cheat a little bit better. Uh get myself ready, make sure I've got uh and fake highlighters to bring <laughs> and uh um, I've got plenty of golf balls to lose too, so
1: Well, I know where you can get Apple pens, don't worry. So <laughs> I think I think you're okay there. In fact, I want you to grab me a thin tip Sharpie, a black, not a thin <laughs> tip, but like a felt. Actually, that's my oh, go to. I like how you mentioned the highlighter. I like having a nice Sharpie. The black heavy Sharpie. one. Sharpie. Um, yeah, no, not the heavy, the big thick. You I know, like
0: the Yeah, I know what you're saying. The there, uh, nope. the
1: point. It's nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like but, a chisel tip or whatever they want. Yes. To call it. I got you. Ooh, easy
1: talking about tips. Come on now. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, on that note, I was, um, my uh, daughter will soon be in your class, so I was trying to give her some um, tips as to how to have uh, Mr. Coyle as a teacher.
1: Yeah, I finally went, because I, I, I got a few texts from uh, parents like yourself that I might know that apparently I was teaching some of their kids, so I, I went in there and perused the timetable. Um, it was tough because the school was completely torn apart, so I couldn't even get up <laughs> to my mailbox to get it, so I had to... <laughs> Troubleshoot, go through a, find a computer somewhere I could get on and backdoor through, uh, some old, uh, Trillium stuff. But, um, anyway, I'm in there. I got a, I don't know, is she in my phys ed class too? I got a nope. grade nine girls phys ed. No, nope.
0: nope, not in your Girl. phys ed, no, nope, just in your, uh,
1: geography. CGC.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man, I'm on looking part. forward
1: to it. It'll be good with, the the 1Ds.
0: Yeah, that's always it. Uh, an easier grade nine class to teach for sure. The only construction at our school, Slim, is uh, believe it or not, they're laying turf out there. I um, heard this about week. this. I'm pumped. Everywhere? Field no, turf? no. Field turf, yes. In the kindergarten area is where they're putting it. It just can't keep grass there. Wow. Because munchkins, they just tear it up. So I said, why wouldn't yeah. you just put turf in there? You don't have to water it. We don't have to cut it. It's clean when the kids come in. They're not digging holes and and all that, I mean, uh, so I saw that they've got it all leveled out ready to roll, so.
1: Well, the sawdust they had in there was real nice for a while. Yeah, wood chips, wood, wood chips. chips, or whatever, man.
0: <laughs> You know what I'm excited about is, um, uh, taking my son out there to play some catch in the little kindergarten area just so we can play on turf.
1: <laughs> there you go. Hopefully the <laughs> seeds are good and, uh, he doesn't tear an ACL. Oh, <laughs> well,
0: yeah, I would, God, I would hate that. Um, he's has got your debt doing some hockey this, uh, with, uh, blisters, uh, girls. So he's going to be, oh. got the new goalie pads. He's ready to rock and roll. Oh God. Anyways, anyways Slim, we've, uh, we've reached over the hour mark and normally oh. when there's just two guys. We don't go that long, but I think there was some good content for listeners today about, uh, tier construction, um, how to nominate guys, uh, some ideas around, uh, um, you know, formulating your teams and working around your budget. So I think we did pretty good for uh, the listeners today.
1: Yeah, man, it's always good. I love this time of year. A lot of strategy, a little bit of crunching numbers. Uh Hopefully you got your plan set. You should have the meat and potatoes should be ready. Uh, now it's just time to go through and start making your final little tweaks and Doing Don't be a losing little, sleep on it the night before.
0: Doing a little tester this week. I had a little money in, um, dataforceff.com. Uh, they let some of us, uh, auction people get into a draft last year. It was a best ball. I had the team, I, I had the team slim. I, I, I was light years ahead and three weeks out. Like, I mean, light years, like it was untouchable. And three weeks out, a couple of key injuries, and I fell to second place. Unheard of. The uh, biggest upset ever. But so I had some money stashed in uh, the bank there still. So I started a legacy auction today. So it's oh, yeah. interesting. It's uh, kind of like the setup I have for my dynasty, the back-to-back jacks. Um, yep. Legacy, yep. if you win two, but it doesn't have to be back-to-back, um, then the league's over. So half the pot goes into the yearly winners and half the pot goes back in for the overall winner each year. Yep. We'll just see how that goes. Anyways, I started the auction process there. It's a slow email draft. It's kind of, uh, um,
1: the slow draft.
0: Yeah. And, but this one's kind of different. It's, it's a slow draft, but it's like the goes out, you, you set your limit. No one sees your limit. And then like, it's the last hour is when it goes live oh yeah and so it's so what's kind of fun about it is that every hour like every hour you nominate a guy and every hour like tomorrow someone will be like ready to roll be the last hour that they're going to be live and that's when the real bidding starts so it's kind of fun all day long you have one guy to bid on and one guy to pay attention to so kind of fun it's a different way of doing it compared to um you know maybe the mfl way and stuff so
1: yeah, I think that way it gives us auctions a bad name. So I'm glad it's yeah. tweaked a little bit.
0: Yeah, it's tweaked up a little bit. Anyway, so I'm going to do some practicing of my roster construction there for the weekend. Uh, um, so probably the last time I, next time I see you live, Slim, will be, um, either at a liquor store or on the golf course. So, um, we'll see you yeah, here, but hopefully that'll be the, well, not hopefully that's the next time I see you, but probably that'll be the next time I see you.
1: Yeah, that's right. probably correct.
0: Oh, I guess we uh, will see you on the road on Saturday. Blister, scrape the uh, cow shit off your boots, and uh, we'll see you on Wednesday or Thursday or something. We'll get a last pot in before the big weekend. And for the rest of you, we'll see you when it's springtime in the Rockies. When it's springtime in the Rockies. I'll be coming back